Wrangling guests for a weekly podcast can be a bureaucratic nightmare. Today, I'm speaking with Lone Negrosh to help her automate guest outreach and episode management. Welcome to the Podcast Owner's Manual, your handy guide for looking after your podcast and yourself. I am Mark, your podcast producer, consultant and coach, and today I am speaking with Lona Grosh. We recorded this ages ago, back when I was still using Squadcast, so you'll you'll hear some references to uh, to Squadcast. Uh, and Lo got in touch with me. She has a uh, podcast that's collecting stories of people's breastfeeding experiences, and she has a weekly show, which means wrangling a lot of guests, dealing with a lot of okay, this episode is recorded, this one's scheduled, this one's due to go out. There's so many different emails that need to be sent to get people to book on the show, to make sure they've listened to episodes so that they get an idea of the vibe of the show, to share their story so that Lo can figure out whether it's right for the podcast. There's so much work that needs to be done, and there's a lot that we can automate here. So that is uh, the process that we get into today. So we're going to be using tools like Calendly and Zapier and uh, my beloved notion to really get under the the bonnet of this, if you like, and make the process of managing a weekly guest-driven show a whole lot easier. I'm starting to work out some systems, but it seems like I need some better systems for both um, initiating and tracking and then filing away and organizing my communication with guests because I have a new guest every week. And so not only am I organizing what photos they're sending me to post with social media and all of that, but I'm also tracking, okay, who have I sent the initial scheduling email to? Okay, they've already scheduled. So now here's information about what the interview is going to be like. And I'm having trouble deciding when do I send the photo release form? I don't want to send too many emails, but I also don't want to inundate them with too much information in a single email. So both streamlining communication with guests and then organizing on my end who I've communicated with and how far down the line we are with it. So what is your current workflow? So my current workflow is when I feel like I'm looking out into the future and, oh, I I don't have very many guests scheduled, I should start to get more scheduled. The panic sets in. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm pretty far ahead, so it's not a super panic, but it's, oh, I don't have new names on the list. Then I'll put a post on Facebook or something and ask people to share. And because I'm not trying to interview famous people or anything, I'm interviewing moms who have had a particular breastfeeding experience. I usually get a pretty good response of, oh, I'll share my story. So then when they tell me they'll share their story, what I do is I have a place. I actually just did this last week, which has really helped streamline my communication is I added a place on my website where they apply to be on the podcast. That has helped tremendously because then when somebody says, I would like to be on the show, I send them the application link and then I have already that they have asked to be on my podcast. And I also keep a spreadsheet of every guest and whether or not I kind of do some color coding there. So if they're fully recorded and I'm done communicating with them, really, besides just sending them the episode, then they go green. But I put their email, how I initially made contact with them, and then where I am in the process. I just started doing this. So then once they 
get scheduled, then I send them a further link with their actual link for the interview. So there's basically like three or four different communications I have with them. And so then I write where I am in that. But I could probably streamline that to fewer than four communications. Mm. So once they say they're interested, if they haven't clicked on the link that I provide in the social media post asking for guests, then I say, great, here, for my organizational purposes, please apply on my website. And then once I see that they've applied, I send them an email. And in their application, they give a brief synopsis of their breastfeeding story. So then I say something unique to them. And I do ask them to listen to an episode of the show. And I'll suggest one that might be to them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. To the story that they told me in their application. And it's usually just a few sentences in the application. It's not super long. And so I'll say, once you've listened to an episode, here's one you might like, but choose any and you feel like you still want to be on the show, here's a scheduling link. And I use Schedule.ly for that. So then once they've scheduled on Schedule.ly or Schedulicity, whatever that's called, is it Schedulicity? That's, yeah, see, because that gets into a thing because that's one I'm not familiar with. So is that one that works with your existing calendars? Yeah, you can merge all my existing calendars from all the different Gmails there. And then I can say which times I'm available so they're able to choose within those available times. And by next weekend, we're going to be gone. So then I was able to just mark unavailable for next weekend. You know, you can go in and just adjust on the calendar or you can adjust your personal calendars and it merges. I'm sorry, it's not Schedulicity, it's Calendly. Oh, yeah, lovely. Which you are familiar with. Okay, so you might know about the automation supports there. That's a good question because I actually, I do pay for Calendly myself because i use it in a few different places so i'm not sure if the and and i'm furiously trying to find out now whether the automation is uh included in the in the free version but i for certain things uh and i know i know what it's like when uh especially if you if you have a podcast that isn't raking in a lot of money then it can be difficult Mm -hmm. to start to stack up these various different subscriptions but it's one of those where for the time saving and, and what it allows me to do i find it really useful that said, you can automate. So the automation tool that I, I tend to use and recommend is Zapier. And you can automate that based on calendar events. So you could say when a new calendar event is created with this, if this text is in there, you know, if, if the name of your podcast, for example, is in the name of your calendar event, or if it's in this particular calendar, then you could kick off a bunch of automations. So... What they can be is one of two things. So you can either automatically hook in straight to Gmail and you can say, send an email to them with more information. You can also delay sending an email. So you could put in a a delay into Zapier to say 24 hours after they've... So it um, seems like I've done it. it. Yeah, it feels a little bit more natural. And also helps with that sort of sense of bombardment if you know if people are feeling a little bit like there's lots of requirements on them to do some things which it all makes sense then that's a way that you can get that information and, and sort of move them uh, move them uh, along the process the other thing that's worth looking into is in terms of the management of guests in the spreadsheet 
is Trello or Notion. So I think Trello is a really good first start because it's very good in helping you manage a process along a sort of a conveyor belt. I used to have a weekly guest show and I did all of this using Calendly and Zapier and Trello. So I would send people, I would go like you, I would go hunting for guests and I would send them the booking link. They'd find a time within Zapier. I could then say, now create a card in Trello if one doesn't already exist with the name of the oh, guest. Wow. So you could link Zapier. It's Zapio. Z Z A P I E R to rhyme with happy, you know, happier or happier. Okay. If, I, if I'm <laughs> well, that was good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, and so one of two things I, I would do, I might start with the process. If I've reached out to a guest, I would probably already add them to Trello under the first column, which is like contacted. Or I might even have a first column, which is like ideal, or this is an idea. You know, mm -hmm. I've just said, wouldn't it be great if I got this person? Right. I put them their name down there. And then once I've contacted them, I'll move them along to the next column. And then you can use Zapier to actually manage that process for you. So once they've booked... You can say in Zapier, find me, um, look for Trello, look for a card with this guest's name or this guest's email address, uh, which might be easier because sometimes people type their names differently or whatever. Uh, look for uh, guests with this email address and move them along to the like contacted column. And then you can start to, to manage this process. And what you're doing there is just taking it out of your own brain because that's, that's really the, the main thing. You can go through all of that process or... You can use, if you have anything like a task manager, a lot of task managers allow you to email, send emails to them uh, to create reminders and stuff. And so you could get Zapier to then send you an email or add to your task list to say, like, send them the follow-up email. And in fact, that's what I used to do. I would have a task created in my to-do list that said, send them the welcome email, which gets to one of the questions that you were asking before is like, about the guest outreach, about how we manage the process of, I need you to have this equipment, I need you, you know, make sure you're in a quiet room, you know, wear headphones or whatever it is that your requirements are. How do you streamline that process? And so with that, I used to, so just like you've created a page on your website for booking, I would also have a page on my website that it's not linked anywhere, but it would be like slash hello. And it would be an introductory page that explained to the guest, hey, you're reading this because you've agreed to be a guest on the show. Thank you. Here's how we do things. Here's an explanation of how the show works. Here's you've booked your time. Show up a couple of minutes beforehand and we can do all the tech stuff. Make sure you have this equipment or this. It sounds best if you do this. And then you can put all those requirements in it on a page. What that helps to do, I think, is keep the email just a little less daunting because then you can just say, hey, thanks for being on the show. Here's all the information about it. I really look forward to, to speaking to you. And then it doesn't feel like a big, long email. You could do it with a page. You could do it with a PDF. You know, you could attach a PDF or link to it. Uh, I have a client. Uh, that's what they do. They just have a, it's either a PDF or a Word document. And the nice thing about being able to do that is if you want to share, like, you could go really super into this and share, like, screenshots or even little videos of, for example, we're recording this over Squadcast. I could have a little video or a GIF or a series of screenshots that's like, if you can't hear me, go over to this bit of the screen and check this bit. If it looks like it's muted, click this. That kind of stuff can be really helpful. It takes a bit of time to set it up once, but once you're done, it's done, you know, and your guest then gets to have a really nice onboarding experience, which makes them feel 
kind of chill. You know, I set this up in a hurry. Like I set this whole, this podcast, I had the idea and within hours I'd set up the automation. If I were doing this properly, I'd sit back down and actually think a lot more about that whole process. But that's the kind of thing I, I help clients run through is, is all of that sort of taking care of the, of the guest stuff. And then the guest feels like you really know what you're doing. And it'll be always, an easy yeah, process. And if you're trying to bring clients into your business, then they think, wow, this is somebody I might want to work with. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If if you have any kind of, if you're using your podcast as any kind of business development thing, then yeah, it's 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 a really nice way to, to be able to do that. So yeah, from Calendly uh, into Zapier to create things in Trello. Now the that's the sort of, that's like the level one version. The level two version is using Notion which is what I do now for this show and for one of my others. The nice thing about Notion is it works. You can view information in the same way. You can view the same data as a spreadsheet or as a Trello card list or as a calendar mm-hmm. or you know, even as galleries, all sorts of other stuff. You can go from having their name down, them agreeing, all the way through to having the show notes written and even a, share, a shareable page for that episode for the guest to eventually share once it's once it's edited. Oh, you wow. can manage the whole process mm-hmm. using Notion. You can write your show notes in Notion. You can embed the episode player into Notion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can embed audiograms, little video clips, anything like that, any assets that you want to use. Mm-hmm. And you can share that page with your guest. So mm-hmm. anything that you create in Notion, you can create a link to it and share that with, with anyone without them having to log in, create an account or anything. You just create a URL. They can check that page out, and then when it is time for the episode to be released, you've got all the all the information there. You've created all the assets, and they can pick, you know, even as simple as like a sample tweet, all that kind of stuff. They can copy and paste, and it's all there for you. Now, creating that page, Notion allows you to create templates is one thing. So that's all just part of what it allows you to do. So you could create a template that's like, here's everything that needs to be filled in for an episode to be like considered done and out the door. The other option is, and this might help you with a lot of the communication, is have you looked into software called Text Expander? No. So Text Expander is a text templating tool. So I use this in a few cases where you can type a few little keystrokes, just like or a little bit of a word or or whatever. And so just a, a few keystrokes, and then whatever application you're typing into. Text Expander will fill that with a whole bunch of text and it will allow you to customize it and just, you know, Mad Lib style, you can fill in fill in the blanks. So you might have like an outreach email that's like, hey, guest, thank you so much for your interest in the show. Here's what we do. If you want to book onto the show, here's how to book and maybe some information of what to expect. All the best, low. And you can create a template from that and then all you have to do is type like, I don't know, outreach email. If you type outreach email, then suddenly that word outreach email is replaced with the whole bit of text. That you then copy and paste to your email or it You can do it directly in the email app. Um, so when you're when you're sat this works best on a computer rather than like a, a phone, but uh, you can do it on a phone. But like if you're sat at your computer, you open your email app. Once text expander is set up, anywhere that you can type text, you type like this short word, this short phrase that you decide. And then Text Expander will just automatically fill that box with the text that you that you've described. So you could do that on Facebook, in Messenger, in email, anywhere that you can put text. Text Expander will do that that bit for you. Does that make sense? 
Yes. <laughs> so you could do that in Notion as well. You could get a whole string of, of, of text. You could create sample tweets. There's all sorts of stuff you can do. And all you've got to do is just remember, like, I don't know, if I type guest intro, then that can populate with, like, your introductory email to the guest or, or whatever it is. Or, like, guest release. That would then paste in a block of text that's like, hey, thanks for recording the episode. Now I need your photo. Please upload it here by uploading it. You're consenting to me using your email, uh, your photo, whatever, you know, whatever you do. And, and it's just then a way to be able to streamline and again not have to think about it every time you know mm -hmm. not have to think about the phrasing of it each time and you can tweak it and customize it if you need to but it just means then that the text is all sort of pre-written again write it once and then you know speed yourself up quite a lot and do you find yourself having needing to go in and adjust the text based on the guest that's coming onto your show or you keep yours pretty simple i start with the idea that I'm I, uh, what I'm going to write is going to be fairly generic and then I've only got to fill in a couple of blanks. But what I tend to find is I like to be able to add a little bit more context. And sometimes people can sniff out if it looks like it's too generic pre-written. Hey, valued person, thank you so much for checking out my information. Right, exactly. But like I said, you can fill it. So when if I type outreach email, for example, and that's like my trigger for this text to appear, what I can say is when that text is going to be pasted in first, ask me for a few key pieces of information that I fill in. So it will ask me like name. So I put the name in and then like subject matter or even like date and time or whatever it's going to be. And then the system will fill in those blanks after it's asked me those those different questions. And then that text is, is then fully formed. I can send it out just as it is because it will probably read okay. Or I can make a few little tweaks if I think, yeah, it phrase, it's a little bit better if it's phrased this way. But you're saving a little bit of time, but what you're really doing there is just saving the mental energy of like having to write this whole thing from scratch, at least starting from a base point. Then it just means you're not having to stare at a blank page and like, how do I reach out to this person? Yeah, I'm doing a lot of copying and pasting from my previous emails. Yeah. So I'm at this point never writing, you know, from scratch. But I was thinking of just having a Google Doc that said, you know, this is the scheduling email or initial outreach email, scheduling email, post-scheduling email, and then sending the final links. But if there's a way to automate that, but I, you know, I, it, because I have these really personal conversations with people about birds and breastfeeding, I always do like to make sure that they know I've read what you sent me. You know, I see what you because I'm also a lactation counselor. So that's my job is to make people feel validated in their experiences. I think a slightly cynical sounding but well meant approach to that is having a section in your in your sort of template that says, I was really intrigued by or touched by or the thing that I want to focus on is. And then you get to actually say in that thing there, like yeah, what it is right. within their email to acknowledge that, yes, you you actually have read their their correspondence and, and you care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the benefit of doing something like some of the services instead of just having a document that I haven't gotten around to setting up where I just copy and paste really fast from it? Um, part of it is it's the 
if you haven't got around to doing it now, you probably won't. And you'll probably just get into the habit of like opening the previous email. Right. And at some point, you don't necessarily think about how these little repetitive actions add up until you sort of you look at the clock and you go oh god i can't you know i've, I've been doing and especially if you want to do lots of outreach at once like i like the idea of being able to send lots of emails at once and then it's sort of it's it's done you know if, if it's part of my have time set aside every day for the these kinds of important but slightly repetitious tasks that need to be done and what I want to do is minimize the amount of time it takes to do them, but maximize the amount of human communication. Mm-hmm. So it actually, so each one of those emails, yeah, they're all, it's one of several, but each one actually is unique because each one does acknowledge that this is a unique person. So I think the benefit is partly never having to remember where a thing is, never having to think, never having to search back and go, was it in that last email? No, because the last email I sent was actually the acknowledgement. It was, no, it's, I've got to go further back and find it. Right. I do have to do that sometimes. Like, oh, did I put the Zencaster system requirements in this email to this person? Because we started at a different, may, you know, maybe they were mm-hmm. my friend initially. So I might have yes. started at a different place in the process than somebody who connected with me on Instagram and wanted to share their story. I'll be honest with you. I'm... I'm fairly unapologetic about the automation stuff. I make everyone go through the same process. And I explain to people from the beginning, uh, I'm not doing this to big time you or whatever. It it helps me and it helps the show make sure that nothing is missed. So like with everyone, with people, I I do this with people I know and I've known for years over WhatsApp. I'm like, do you want to be a guest? It'd be great to have you guest. Please go over here and do the thing. Do the, go and do the dance because it makes sure that nothing gets missed. And that's the justification for yeah. it. I did you know. that after I created this application on my website. All my friends mm-hmm. who reached out after this last Facebook post, I just said, awesome, please fill out the application. It helps me to be organized. And then I knew that I, w- I could at least search their names in my email. If nothing else, you know, that it would yeah. it would come up there. The other, the other option is using Calendly. I mean, it, it depends on what your selection process or criteria is like because you could potentially do the application process through Calendly, but then if you are thinking, no, that's not a story that I want to investigate or I want that's not a conversation I'm looking to have on the show, then maybe, yeah, you have to have a conversation about cancelling it. But because Calendly allows you to add questions Mm-hmm. You can do that, and that's you know that that's the experience you've had to a degree of of booking onto this show. Is uh, I ask you, you know, what your podcast is. Uh, I ask for the Apple Podcasts link so that I can easily find it. I'm very selfish. Um, mm-hmm. It's all about me, and then getting into describing sort of what your what your issue is uh, or what you want to discuss. And so those are questions that you can have manage within Calendly. And then the nice thing is using automations, you can pull out those specific questions. So with this uh, discussion we're having, I'm at the moment on my second monitor over here, I'm looking at a Notion page, which has got your all your information and all those questions that you answered, they're all in individual fields. So mm. I can just click and go straight to the Apple Podcasts link and hear the show straight away. And you know, your, your problem is the first, or the question that you answered is like the first line of, of this note here. And then from there, I can start writing my own notes and thoughts and all that kind of stuff. So, and also even like on here is the Squadcast recording link and the date uh, that we're recording. It's all in there automated through 
and I, you know, I, I haven't lifted a finger to do any of that. And so, yes, it took a couple of hours to set up at the beginning, but then I, I'm, I sort of trust in the system. Where it does fall down is where the issue that we had, which is more common than not, is, ah, crap, I've got to reschedule. And then that just throws everything out because right. then you've got to figure out what to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so and I've sort actually of the had people, I've, I've started in my email asking them not to share the scheduling link because it's a little bit surprising when somebody's name who I don't know pops up in my calendar. And I'm like, where yeah. did this person come from? I didn't agree to this. And I, yeah, and I figure as the show right now, I really haven't rejected any stories, but I figure as the show grows, I'll be mon and and maybe you could help me. You could help me decide which of the tools you've mentioned would be mm -hmm. best for this. I'm mm -hmm. I'm probably going to have to categorize how many NICU conversations have I had, how many mm. twin conversations have I had, how many like really amazing breastfeeding stories have I shared, so that I'm monitoring. I, I want to make sure I'm getting a diversity of stories out there yes. while also still targeting my niche audience. Yeah which are moms who have had a difficult experience the first time and are looking to to inform themselves and feel empowered for their second experience. And so I don't know if one of these tools is better for making sure that I am able to kind of categorize those guests if there's a way to tag. Oh, them. yeah, I would absolutely go down the notion route uh, okay. for this. I really would, yeah, because... So I haven't got it in, in this particular case, but I can create a field. I can call it category, and then I can I can have one of two types of fields. I could It could be a single select option or a multi-select option. So I could call it categories or tags or both. And then as I'm reading, you know, so if I'm you and I'm reading someone's applied to be a guest, as I'm sort of reading their story, I can think, okay, yep, that goes in the NICU category, or it has this number of tags and stuff. And then you can easily filter all of that stuff and you can even see like, yeah, how many of this category uh, have I covered? How many of this? And that's information that then you could even pull through to your content management system. You know, you could copy that information in and say, if you've got a page on your website for, for each episode, you could categorize each one, all sorts of stuff. Oh, like that. cool. That's yeah. great. And so starting, starting from Notion there, because you can, you're, Basically, what you're doing is you're creating a database. So rather than a spreadsheet, which is kind of a flat architecture, you know, it's just rows and columns, mm -hmm. you can go really deep in so that each row can then have lots more information. You can so shift each row, it around depending on what you're looking for. Yeah, and you can order it based on different things. And you can create different views as well. So, so you, might, you might be thinking, okay, well, today I'm doing like – I'm just doing show notes or I'm writing show notes for stuff or today I'm just figuring out recording prep and you can say, okay, just show me all of the upcoming recordings that I've got to do in order that I'm oh, recording them. Oh, wow. So if Forgetting I about wanted the release to start date, stream, that could be separate ordered. streamlining my workflow like that, like I've got to get intros for these five podcasts. I'm just going to, okay. Is there a way to do that in Trello or no? There is. It's just not quite as... It's a little clunkier. Yeah, it is. There's. Uh, you can create uh, to-do lists in Trello. So you could do a similar thing there. So each card would be a card. Uh, each card would, would represent the guest. Uh, and then within that, I think you can do templates because I'm just thinking about how you create a new card and then have all of those to-dos automatically populated. I think that's doable. Anyway, basically, each card can have a to-do list of like send... Outreach email, okay, check. Send photo release email, check. Ask for 
description, ask for social media handles, whatever it is. And you can just tick those off as, uh, as you go. And you can do the similar kind of thing in Notion as well. You can create more fields that just have checkboxes mm-hmm. in them. And yeah, so there's, there's a, a few different options there. What you don't get with Trello so much is the ability to sort of say, I want to view it in this like in this order or in this way today. Like I said, in Notion, you could view all of this as a calendar. Mm-hmm. It could be a calendar based on release or a calendar based on recording date wow. or a calendar based on something, you know. And then so when you're, like I said, when you're in certain modes, it just allows you to accomplish these tasks a lot easier. I wouldn't necessarily remen- like recommend this for all shows, but because you've got a weekly show, I think that there's so much that has to be managed and so many moving parts. And so many people. I actually think it is. Can you yeah. file your photos in there? Yep. The photos that they send? They can be, uh, you can have a field that is like photo or you can just drag them directly into them. So every item in Notion, it's called a, every page, they call it a page, has just like a big free area of text. You know, wow. you can put in text, you can put in images, you can put in embedded information. So again, what I would do for, for, for this show is right now I'm looking at the problem as you described it when you applied in Calendly. That's the main body of the thing. Once I'm starting to edit the episode, I'll replace that with my own show notes and then once the episode is uploaded i'll take the player embed code and i'll pop that over to notion so that's in there i can see the player i can just hit play on the episode directly in notion all the links all the relevant links are in there Uh, and so i can then share that with you and say if you want to know like everything about the episode how to share it you can download it yourself you all the all that stuff here's the entire information you know so it's a brilliant way of managing all of the knowledge uh, about your show other things you can use it for is when you're talking about those template emails you can use notion for doing that you can even use notion and i've done this as well you can write your so that that pdf that you're going to send to guests it's like we record using zencaster here's how to use it make sure you've got this browser make you know, all that stuff you can export that page as a pdf and then you can just send that wow it's, there's there's nothing it can't what's, do what's and the- you can do Pretty much all of that for free. It's all for free. Yeah, you uh, the 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 file storage limit is really teeny tiny, but you're not storing audio in there, so it's not really a problem. Because my next question was going to be, what's the sticker price on this? Yeah, well, what's, what's all this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, the, you can get a lot accomplished there for for free. Wow. And what do they get out of that? Because they want you to buy bigger storage. They will. Yeah. Okay. It's not. It's it's pretty inexpensive. And again, I use it for not just podcasts, but like. My whole second brain is in Notion okay. because of the way it works. Like it, it's a whole information management system. So I have one section of Notion that's for, as an example, within Notion, I'm managing multiple podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them, I have different levels of involvement for clients. And each one of those clients has access to just that bit of Notion. So they can just right. see just their, right. their stuff. Right. And all of that's like, I don't know, 10 bucks a month. It's not, it's not a huge amount of money. Oh, wow. So. Okay. Yeah, that's really helpful. I think I'll check that out to see if I can begin to start creating some workflow. If that's the case, then I, I, I've done my job. Not that I don't have a uh, an affiliate code for Notion, but um, I will evangelize it. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, I know. I was yeah. about to say you need to um, get a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Sponsorship absolutely. deal. Well, thank you. Well, no, hey, hey it's, it, it's an absolute pleasure. Why don't you tell us all about the Milk Making Minutes? Okay. So the Milk Making Minutes is a podcast that focuses on helping people to process the joys and the sorrows of breastfeeding and to feel confident in moving forward with their next breastfeeding journey. 
and you can find it on any podcasting app. And you mentioned the website. Where's that? Quabbin. Uh, that's spelled Q-U-A-B-B-I-N, quabbinbirthservices.com. So that's Perfect. me. That's where my, you can find my lactation practice. Lo, this has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, for, thank uh, you for so much. Me.